I'm stretched out like a great big river Wait on and let's swim together And lines are blurred, the infinity of choice Entering the temporal void
from Desolation Row slash Margaritaville. This is Duff Dixon. You're listening to Play It By Year, the show that examines the history of popular music one year at a time. I don't know why I always giggle when I say that. It's like I'm, you know, I'm doing like an automatic inflection, but it's such an unnatural inflection. Just makes me giggle every time. You just heard It's Catching Up by Canadian hardcore punk outfit No Means No from 1989. Welcome to 1989 night on Play It By Year. That's a great cut too. It's catching up. A lot of fun. Got some weird ones tonight, 1989. Got some weird blocks to throw at you. Hey, uh, in lieu of uh, lost chapters of history uh, or whatever I might do at this point in the show normally, I kind of wanted to just clear something up. Um, Nothing too major. We just had a little bit of confusion from some of y'all last week writing in as to what exactly my friends and I are actually doing uh, to try and stop the cataclysm? Because I guess it sounds a little bit like we're just kind of hiding in a bunker and uh, and giving up on y'all. But that is not the case. Uh, our, our mission right now is to to somehow repair the fractured mind of Matt Marcus, our friend Matt Marcus, who's got a bit of a memory problem, uh, because we believe that the secrets contained therein could be humanity's last hope at survival. But I do I do want to do a better job keeping y'all up to date, keeping y'all in the loop on this process. So I am piloting a potential new weekly segment for the show, which I am calling Colleen's Science Corner. Now, y'all remember Colleen Claxton, of course, my good friend and partner, Colleen Claxton. She's, uh, she's doing hard, hard work right now, uh, and I don't have I don't have theme music yet for it, but I'm planning. I got some, I got some ideas, so hopefully by next week we'll have some theme music. Uh, Colleen, you know she's the she's the brains of the operation, and she's been uh, you know doing everything she can think of to try to solve this very complicated puzzle. And I just thought it'd be cool for us to throw on over to research and uh, hear from Colleen on on how that's going. Uh, Colleen, uh, can you hear me? Oh yes, hello, Duff. Listen, progress has been slow, but there are no shortage of leads to pursue. I assure your listeners that I've been working tirelessly, and I feel confident that major breakthroughs just around the corner. Well, let me I can be, let me back Colleen up there on that. I can attest to the fact that she has been pulling crazy hours, uh, just working around the clock on this stuff, and uh, and. Maybe you can just give us a little glimpse, Colleen, on what you're doing currently, what you're what you're working on right now. Of course. In my observations of Matthew, I've noticed that many of his strongest core memories are tied to traumatic events in his life. Working backwards from there, I formed a hypothesis that trauma may be the key to unlocking his buried memories. Trauma is the key to... Gosh, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I'm I don't fully understand what that means, which I guess is kind of the that's not uncommon for our dynamic, right? Well, perhaps it may be easier if I just give a live demonstration. In fact, we have the test subject right here. Matthew, are you all right? Would you be up for doing a little demonstration here? I'm fine, but I can't move my arms. Oh, it's just a precaution. All for your own safety. Oh, okay. Um, hey, uh, who, uh, who am I? Matthew, repeat after me. 
Your name is Matt Marcus. Your name is Matt Marcus. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Matt Marcus. I will now apply an electrical current to your body. Wait, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Stop that. Cut that ass. Just shut it off. Claxton, you can't do stuff like that. I, I'm putting my foot down. You, I will not go along with this sort of behavior. I don't see what's so objectionable about my experiment. It's based on a perfectly sound hypothesis. But you're torturing our friend. Do I have to explain why it's it's wrong to torture your friends, Colleen? Torture? Oh, please, Duff, don't be ridiculous. You're simply not educated enough to recognize the scientific process when you see it. Science, you see, is all about collecting information. And sometimes, in order to extract said information, a scientist must apply just enough pressure on their test subject right up to the point where it very nearly kills them. And then, oh, you know what? I hear it now. That is torture. Well, back to the drawing board. Have a nice show, Duff. All right, thank you. Colleen Claxton, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm not sure if, maybe moving forward uh, on the Colleen's Science Corner segment. We might go ahead and make that more of a one-and-done kind of a thing uh, rather than a recurring. Uh, okay, let's let's look at it. I do have a, I do have a discussion question for y'all tonight, which is, uh, what fictional character would you choose to be if you could choose to be any fictional character? Not sure why I wrote that with such kind of tangly, redundant syntax, but there it is. That's how we're going to roll. What fictional character would you choose to be if you could choose to be any fictional character? Call on in. Would love to hear from you. Let's get into the music. I'm going to start things off weird tonight and just get weirder from there. Uh, This is the cinematic classical block. That's right. Talking about movie scores with, you know, big orchestras kind of referencing the classical mode, the European classical mode. Now, if you were alive and kicking and cogent and culturally plugged in uh, in the year 1989, you may have already predicted the song I'm going to kick this block off with. Either way, whether you were, you know, not born yet or, or you remember it like it was yesterday, go ahead and grab that bucket of popcorn, you know, fill up your, your $8 sodi pop and, uh, and shush that that loudmouth middle schooler behind you because this is the cinematic classical block here on Play It By Year 1989 Night with me, Duff Dixon. Stick around.
Cinematic classical block, 1989 night played by year. I don't know what that accent was. I was trying to sound fancy, but uh, anyway, you just heard A Town with an Ocean View by Joe Hisaishi from Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, before that, Dead or Living? Question mark by Christopher Young from Hellhound, Hellraiser 2. Uh, and Scherzo for Motorcycle and Orchestra by John William from... Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and we began that block with the Batman theme by Danny Elfman from Batman. Now that is a that is a gaggle of four memorable fictional characters. Speaking of our discussion question tonight, that's four main characters who you would just love love to see in one of these uh, these modern you know franchise crossover blockbusters. You got Batman, Kiki the Witch, Indiana Jones. And of course, Pinhead the Cenobite. What kind of uh, what kind of trouble are they going to get into? Hey, looking forward to chatting with y'all tonight. Reminder about that discussion question. What fictional character would you choose to be if you could choose to be any fictional character? Uh, let's head on over to the phones. Caller, you're on with me, Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, it's Lacey. Lacey, you called in once before. I know you. I know the voice. I did. Yes, I did. Big, big fan. Wow. I, okay. I'm going to try to remember. We, we, okay. I feel like we discussed, uh, some kind of a weird, yes, I remember. Wasn't it about a, a, a reality television show of some kind, uh, yeah. involving deck. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> where they had to make the paperwork for the dogs and stuff. Yes, yes, oh. the dog dossier. Extremely memorable discussion. It's kind of burned into my brain. <laughs> Hopefully I should go back and, uh, and actually give it a watch one of these days when I have like a dang second in myself. How you doing tonight? You doing all right? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty it, warm, but other than that, pretty good. It's, it's heating up. It's getting hot, you know, getting into that season. Of course, uh, right now I'm in a climate-controlled uh, secret location, some... I don't know, <laughs> meters or miles below the center of the earth. I, I don't even know where the heck I am right now, but, uh, but based on my calendar and looking at weather forecasts, it must be getting pretty hot out there. <laughs> it uh, is indeed. Let me ask you something, Lacey. Does this, does this discussion topic spark anything in your mind? Is there somebody you've always dreamed of being, or maybe, you know, somebody who just occurred to you that you wish you could be fictional character wise? 
Yeah, I was uh, thinking about it, and I think if I could be any fictional character, um, I'd probably be Blue from Blue's Clues. Blue? That's not... Now, now the the human adult friend of Blue, that's Joe or Steve or whoever, right? Blue is the... Josh is the new one, yeah. Josh, yeah. Blue is the dog. Blue is straight up the dog. dog. Oh, yeah, (laughs) because there's also a pink one, right? There's a a purple one or something? Yeah, there's Magenta. (laughs) Oh, her name is Magenta. That makes sense, because also a color. Yeah. Does yep. Blue talk? I can't remember if Blue talk. No. no, of course not. Uh, the no. whole the no, whole no, no. the whole idea behind it is he can't talk, right? He's got to put right. a, put his paw print on things to communicate what he's trying to say. Yeah. So, like, not only would I not have to talk anymore, but I to tell anybody anything, I get to do like these little <laughs> mystery like scavenger hunts. <laughs> And they just have to like look until they see something with a pop print on it, and then yeah, I'm like, bow, bow, bow. and I'm like, you're right. <laughs> that is what it said, right? Bow, 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 bow. Man, okay. So then you're kind of like a very low stakes, not non evil Riddler in a way. Yeah, but yeah, because it's all good natured. I just but, want you to know what I mean. But you're just trying to tell people, you know, scratch my belly. Uh, give me some water, yeah. things like that. I'd like to eat right now. I, I just food. like, yeah. What does but you have to like look? I can't. Rem- I've, I haven't watched okay. an episode of Blues Clues in some time. What is he normally trying to say? Is it just normal dog stuff? Can you take me running? Can we go for a drive uh, no, in the car? It's like, uh, it's like everything. Um, uh, sometimes there's like a certain song that she wants to sing, or like a certain like person that she wants to see, and she, she just like puts oh, her blue- print on like, and it's. Blue is like a girl. I've been misgendering oh, yeah, blue, blue this whole girl. call. I, I, I owe blue an apology. I've completely forgotten. Blue, yeah, okay. blue is. Uh, yeah, they were uh, they were defying gender norms uh, on Nickelodeon ages ago. These are somewhat buried memories. I've I've been accessed to the schema <laughs> of my mind where the Blue's Clues information is held in some time. Now it's still you said it's still a thing, right? There's a new guy. I've seen a picture of this guy. His name. You yeah. said his name is Josh. Yeah. Would you? If you transform into blue, are you sticking with the current uh, host situation? Or are you just kind of leaving Josh's place, returning to your own more familiar situation as blue? That's a great question, man. I had not even considered that right. aspect of things. Who would be my... Does blue have an owner? Like, is Josh blue's owner? Or- I, it <laughs> seems like they're they're kind of roommates, but yeah. but there's a little bit of service going on. Like, you know... Josh has to, or Steve, as I grew up with, has to do some things for mm-hmm. Blue, but Blue ha- seems to have a lot of independence and like there's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that dynamic is. Yeah, probably. I'm really not sure. I feel like I would want to be like in a, a familiar environment, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like then I feel like uh, Josh would be really sad <laughs> and then I'd feel guilty. You know- and then I'd just be like, Putting my paw print on like the Bible and stuff. I don't know. You know what we you know what we need here now is uh, is the lazy phone call crossover event of the millennium. Let's get Blue on below deck. Oh He's my gosh! Yes, of, she's going to be one of these fancy in. dogs. You know, one of these poor <laughs> minimum wage. Uh, crew members yeah. is going to have to solve a blues clue and at the end of it it's going to be like i don't like this food i like the fancy liver pate go get me some <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean but they're gonna have or to it's work gonna be for like it. i have to poop and they're already gonna have to clean it up because i already went because it took them too long <laughs> it took them a, yeah it took them a broadcast half hour to figure out that you had to poop and by then it was too late i would like to throw josh overboard um, but then there's an ethical dilemma about whether or not they should 
oblige me. I don't know. Also, like, do you then, if you do, do you then stand trial? Like, what is your culpability as a doctor? Can I be charged as an adult? That's the other thing is that, like, inner life-wise, Blue seems to have an inordinate amount of sentience from, Blue is a cartoon dog. Blue has, you know, mental prowess beyond the dogs that we live around uh, every day, as far as we know, anyway. So, are you, like, can you finagle, like, is the adjustment going to be hard for you? You know, the things that are expected of you as a dog. Like, do you think you, instinct will kick over? You'll be wanting to chew on a on a cowhide bone. You'll be wanting to eat kibbles and bits. Or are you going to kind of be, like, raging against the machine and trying to eat people stuff and do people stuff? Seems like Blue does a, a fair amount of people stuff herself. Yeah, I, I feel like I'll still demand human food i'll just demand like fancier human food Mm. than i normally eat because now i could because nobody says no to blue that's true like it's just like what does blue want to do okay (laughs) if anything you're just going to come up your situation is just going to come up all right this seems like a pretty strong answer she's immortal oh right because like it's been like 30 years now. Yeah. Maybe and, 20. I mean, like 20 she, years. In the current incarnation, does she, is, does she have trouble getting up on the big red chair? You know, does she have hip problems or? No, hips like a puppy. I mean, so I live forever. I don't have to talk very much. And everybody does what I want. What? Man, in a hundred years after this switch, Lacey, you're going to be like a dictator. This is a, <laughs> this is going to take you down a road to world domination. This, you're this living in blues world now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's going to be like you're, <laughs> you're going to leave on a, a paw print on like, you know, a propaganda poster that says like round up all the people I don't like and like a, a, paw, a paw print on a mass grave that you're going to put them in and, and like a paw print on, you know, uh, these are the these are the new wives and husbands that I'm going to be wed to. And now solve yeah. the solve my solve my blue riddle as I rule over you, uh, you Cretans, you you apes. That's going to be a, yeah. a, a boy. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I'm around too. You never know. Uh, Oval Opera, Popper. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Once they solve the riddle, the riddle, it is ba- it's binding. They have to give you the, I was going to say gavel, but I guess now they just got to put your paw on the book that you get yeah. sworn in on or something like that. Oh, you'll yes. get, you'll get oh sworn gosh. in on the handy dandy. Dandy notebook. There it is. <laughs> yes. we, we got there, Lacey. And All I'm right. going to replace the chair with my thinking chair. So. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. No swivel though, so you can't make that power move anymore. You're always going to be yeah, facing true. straight ahead. But that's all right. You can, true. You can you'll you'll just your very you know presence will carry enough intimidation. Yeah, yeah. I'll just greet everyone. <laughs> strong answer. Door. Strong answer to start the show off, <laughs> lazy, and a pretty strong <laughs> blue impression. You should explore that as an option. <laughs> You could do birthday parties or something like that. Thanks so much for calling in, Lacey. That was a that was a fun call. Blues Clues. I haven't thought about Blues Clues in a hot minute. Didn't see that one coming. Okay, it's 1989, and I'm planning on keeping it weird tonight. This is kind of a, I don't know, man. Maybe there's a theme to the whole show or something, but we're just kind of going off into uh, no man's land here. Uh, on this show, I feel like one of my duties is to try and and broaden your your musical horizons, you know, maybe expose you to some things that, uh, you feel you've already made your mind up about. And, uh, and no joke, I'm actually legitimately dang stoked for this next block. I think it's a strong block. Here it comes the death metal block. 
Uh-oh. Maybe you're, maybe you're thinking, that doesn't sound like it's for me, the death metal block. Well, when I say death metal, you probably, you probably have in your head some idea of what kinds of things you might hear. And m- maybe you're not that far off. Maybe, maybe you're close uh, to the target there, but hang on, hang on. Let's try, to, let's try to set aside some biases and some preconceptions, okay? Death metal to me is, sonically at least, it's primarily de- defined by two signature sonic elements. Uh, you've got the cookie monster vocal, you know, where they sing like this. That's the cookie monster vocal. And also uh, extremely fast footwork from their drummers. You know, on that kick, just playing 16th notes, real fast kick drums. Drummer in a death metal band is just, and that's one of the toughest gigs uh, in, in the music biz. Takes extreme precision, takes a lot of endurance. So I hope I hope at least that you'll, Try and appreciate the the technical ability on display in this block. And I also would like you, I just want to like let you in on, on some secret knowledge. Okay. These dudes in these bands, they want to sound, you know, scary and evil and, uh, extreme and satanic and whatnot. These are like the biggest nerds in any kind of music. I mean, like nerdcore hip hop. MC Chris, they, they don't, that doesn't hold a candle to death metal players. These, the ratio of musicians you're about to listen to who have received like an atomic wedgie in their lives is a, it's approaching a one-to-one ratio. These are, this is a heavily swirlied bunch. So don't be scared of these guys, you know, play along with them. Pretend that you're just, you're, you're being a big evil, you know, demon person too. Let's thrash. Let's enjoy this death metal block, 1989. Play it by ear with me, Duff Dixon. Stick around.
Block 1989. Not played by you. You made it. You made it through the death metal block. Was it as bad as you were expecting? Maybe it was. That's fine. I'm just appreciate that you went through it with me. You just heard. Okay. Now here it comes a series of punchlines where you get to hear how dark and extreme all these song and band names are. You just heard slowly we rot by obituary. Before that. Fear of Napalm by Terrorizer and The Process of Suffocation by Pestilence. And we began that block with Service for a Vacant Coffin by Autopsy. <laughs> it's so cheesy, y'all. love it. I love it. I, look, I realize that that is an acquired taste, but I don't know, man. In short bursts, death metal kind of does it for me. In fact, by the way, Slowly We Rot by Obituary, that last track... Yeah, that's Duff's pick for 1989. I'm off the deep end with death metal, y'all. That's my pick for uh, for the episode. Okay, um, going to be a bit of a gear shift here. I have an email that I have uh, perused with an attachment that I have not looked at yet. Um, from the folks over at Bright Light Assisted Living Center, I was, uh, you know, I was expecting them to reach out Sooner or later, I don't know if y'all remember, but a little while ago we, uh, well, we relocated one of their residents, Matt Marcus, into into our custody. Perhaps we didn't go through the most official of channels to do so. Uh, so let's read this email. Let's see what they what they uh, got to say. This is from uh, Director Jim Diamond. <clears throat> let's hear. Um, Duff. 
We at Bratlight were disappointed by your actions several weeks ago and are continuing to hold out hope that you will return our patient, Matt Marcus, to the facility so he can receive the level of care necessary for his recuperation and blah, 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 blah. And uh, expediency is... uh, Okay, here. We have enclosed a new PSA for you to play to your listeners to try and show some of the positive aspects of bright light that you have overlooked in your coverage so far. I mean, there's an, it's very assumptive, first of all, <laughs> presumptuous at least, that they would, uh, you know, just assume they could take over my show. But on the other hand, I feel like it's kind of the least I can do. You know, I got this file, bright light, important message.mp3, yeah, what the hey? Let's go ahead and let's hear from uh, from the folks over at Bright Light, see what they have to say. Hello there, Duff Dixon. And more importantly, hello to all you listeners of Duff's popular program, Play It By Year. I'm Jim Diamond, the administrator at Bright Light Assisted Living. Long-time listeners will remember that Bright Light is the home for almost all retired Timestronauts, from Alicia Acosta to Zachary Zimmerman. Staff here at Bright Light are proud of the work we do every day to keep our residents living in health and comfort. We were concerned that the recent coverage on Play It By Year might leave listeners with a less-than-ideal opinion of our facilities. This has been a real blow to morale here, And I hope that this short message can set the record straight on a few key points. Until recent events, we had always been on extremely friendly terms with Duff, not only empathizing with his situation as an ex-Timestronaut himself, but extending him the same welcome and privilege we extend to all friends and family of our residents here. Why, here's a fun fact. Duff made a point of visiting almost every week to see his best friend, Walt Winarski, and not once did he raise a single complaint about Walt's treatment here. If this facility is good enough for Walt, it should be good enough for anyone else. Right, Duff? Fun fact. Due to the sensitive nature of our residents' pasts, Security is always a high priority at Bright Light. But in light of recent unpleasantness, our CIA oversight has graciously provided a mandatory enhancement of our security infrastructure, and Bright Light has never been safer. For example, we now have heavily armed tactical receptionists stationed at all points of egress around the clock, to make sure every visitor is welcomed safely and securely. Just ask Earl, one of the new reception recruits. Having a good day, Earl? I'm not supposed to talk while I'm on duty. Move along, Mr. Diamond. (laughs) Go get him, Earl. And to bolster security further, newly reinforced doors and an automated state-of-the-art badge scanning and auto-defense system ensure the safety and privacy of all our residents. Authorization denied. Huh. Sorry, my badge is a little finicky. Authorization denied. 
Please try again. You have five minutes to Welcome, Administrator Diamond. Whew. <laughs> Here's a fun fact, Duff. The average resident needs some level of care for 18 hours every day. At Bright Light, our staff of thousands of highly trained personnel rise to that challenge admirably. Most ragtag groups of fugitives would be unable to perform to our exacting standards of care. Fun fact! At Bright Light, our staff is truly like a family, and we love to see family succeed. That's why we've created a robust training program with an emphasis on internal advancement. Just ask one of our recently promoted caregivers, Kate Gulliver. That's right. I used to be stuck behind a desk all day, and now with my new CNA credentials, I'm doing much more fulfilling work throughout the facility, getting lots of exercise and face-to-face -face time with our residents. <laughs> the extra pay isn't bad either, right? No, I, I guess not. I'm so glad that Bright Lights has extended me the opportunities it has. I do so love being part of an expertly trained medical staff that offers a world-class level of care to all the residents here. See, Duff, we're not so bad. Say, here's a fun fact. Did you know that residents here have an average of 20 prescribed medications that need to be administered on a strict schedule? With a maximum ratio of six residents per medical professional on site at any given time, we can ensure that everyone gets the medication they need when they need it. Hard to say the same could be found in some madman's fallout shelter. Fun fact. Now, it is of course obvious that I'm hardly an unbiased source of information on our fine facility. Let's listen to some feedback from friends and family of residents here to give all you listeners a clear, fair assessment of the job we're doing. I do know that Bright Light has always been real accommodating to me when it comes to just calling in to talk to Walt. I come in to see my brother Matt every week. Oh, I used to. You know, before COVID hit, their resident... Uh, visitation hours were always really flexible and cool. It was always just so nice to see Matt, see how he was doing. He seemed to be improving bit by bit. I hope he still is. Hey, are you gonna pay me? Bright light, assisted living. Here, the future is bright. 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 Bring Matt home. Duff. Wow. Okay. <laughs> special message for Brightline. Special message for Brightline is living. I don't remember sitting down to record any of that. Interesting tactic. I'm not sure of the legality of grabbing audio from my show, but you know what? You got to respect the hustle. Got to respect them for shooting their shot. In interesting tactic. Uh, look, Jim. Nothing personal, okay? Just just doing what we got to do to try and save the world. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. Did appreciate hearing that Kate 
uh, Gulliver, the recep- my receptionist friend down there is, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with her. It sounded a little sus to me. Hopefully I can't really reach out to her, but Kate, if you got some way of getting in touch, just, uh, would like to hear from your perspective that everything's okay. Um, okay. Let's awkward. Let's get back into the music. Uh, okay. The, the real, the real hard stuff's behind us. Okay. This by comparison, this is like, this is bubble gum. Okay. Coming up next, we got the acid house block acid house. Now what defines acid house repetition, minimalism, and, and a, and a particular kind of squelching acidy, you know, synth bass sound. Uh, it was the calling card of, of the genre and it, it was usually made by a very particular piece of hardware widely used in this genre, uh, a synthesizer, the Roland TB 303. And so this is kind of, this is cool kid dance music and it, and it does go real hard. Um, so let's all just, you know, let's pile into the warehouse. Let's let our bodies do the talking here with the acid house block on 1989 night play it by year with me, Duff Dixon, stick around.
Acid House. Acid House. 1989 night play it by year. <laughs> you just heard French Kiss by Lil Lewis. Before that, Chime by Orbital and uh, Voodoo Ray by a guy called Gerald. And we began that block with Pacific 707 by 808 State. Uh, I think th- that was a pretty big uh, move forward from the kind of the cheese and the campiness of Chicago House. Not that I don't love cheese and not that I don't love camp. But, you know, some of y'all are allergic to to those things. And Acid House kind of like, that proved that serious folks could get into dance music too. It's not like IDM, you know, but it's sort of like, I'm cool and I like this. You know what I mean? Um, Come on, I'm hankering to talk to y'all. Let's go back on over to the phones. Reminder of that discussion question, which fictional character would you choose to be if you could choose to be any fictional character? Uh, Caller, you're on with Doug Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff, it's Frank. Frank! It's been a while. Oh, Frank. Uh, uh. Yeah, I was really hoping to hear from you soon. It's been, like, way too long. How the heck you been, buddy? Are you out of school? Yep, school's out. What do you expect, quote Stephen Malcolmus? For the summer and forever, quote Alice Cooper. You are you know what? Steve Malcolm is probably a better person than Alice Cooper, so we'll, uh, we'll give well, that round. Him. We'll give that round to you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, are you ready for the Augie Doggy days of summer? What are you going to do? You going to get like go to any pool parties? This uh, you're you're vaccinated. You vaccinated, Frank? Not yet. Not yet. When you getting stuck, man? Got to get your appointment. I want, it, I want it. I want it bad. You know, forces outside of my control. Mm, give me that needle. Got to march on down to the clinic. Say, give me that needle. Make sure it's not a methadone clinic, because then they will be confused. <laughs> And you may, you may end up becoming addicted to methadone uh, instead of getting your COVID vaccine. Uh, well, what's going on? What what were you? Uh, first of all, what's are you becoming a senior now, or what was this last year? Yeah, I'm becoming a senior. Okay, like, okay. By the time you speak to me this time next year, I'll be going to college. How was that last? Uh, how was your last semester or quarter or whatever y'all y'all are on? Non-existent. Oh, really? It kind of escaped through. You know. <laughs> sure, sure. What about extracurriculars? Like, Were you like, I don't know, are you a baller? Yeah. What do you do? Speaking of time travel, I did a little of my own time traveling and went back to the 1950s and 60s this past month to be in a musical production of Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, bye Bye Birdie. Oh, bye, bye. Hope will always share. That's a great. Yeah, I love that show. What a great show. Yeah, that it's is. great. That, that mm-hmm. whole yeah. opening number feels like a... Must have been a, an important sexual awakening for some young men of that era. You know, like it's just, there's, there's something kind of so striking about that big blue background. That's a, that's a terrific show. I mean, you know, a lot of people know what put on a happy face and, uh, a song that has no reason to be in that musical, by the way, other than to sell it, records, right? It's the equivalent of a single throwing your single on your LP after it's been pat like out for like a year and a half. I'm here to tell you, Frank, at that time, musicals straight up had singles and they charted, you know, like you, you could, uh, I know. that was a big, that was built into the business plan for, for a theater musical. You know, you needed to have a big, uh, a big, and then you would also, Oh, there would also be, I would, I will never curse y'all on this show with a block of this, but they would also get like some of the most like milk toast, you know, uh, establishment pop musicians of the era, your Daniel Boones and whatnot to do like 
versions of the single for modern yeah. listening yeah. audience. Just my dad, the worst. my dad has already played me the Sam Cooke version of a lot of living to do. Okay, I love Sam Cooke. Nothing Not against Sam, Sam Cooke. Cook. Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. Long one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, Sammy's a cornball. He's a total cornball. I mean, he's a he's a no brainer to sing <laughs> a, a single version of a of a show tune. Um, okay, so then what were you were you behind the stage? Were you on the stage? What was your? I was uh, an actor. I was a lead. The show just wrapped up yesterday, so oh today goodness. was kind of a veg day. But I still have a little little long for the show. I uh, I played the father, Mr. McAfee. <gasps> you were oh my goodness. Okay, okay, yeah, that's a meaty role, Frank. Mm-hmm. Did you did they have age line makeup on your face to communicate that you were a man? No, of... but I did. I did wear blush for the first time. Ooh, and the last time, or do you think you might be going back? I don't. It was it was really uncomfortable. It made my face super itchy, so I don't think I'm going back. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe maybe if you learn how to do your own contouring, you start watching some glamour YouTubers, you might find some good sensitive skin and hypoallergenic stuff. But hey, maybe you just want to be clear and beautiful, no filter, you know, no makeup. At at Frank on Instagram, posting those. Maybe you can like you know, be kicking your feet out into, into a swimming pool with a sunset behind you. You could be a, you could be an influencer, Frank. I granting that I haven't posted like a picture on any of the picture based social medias in like over a year, probably not true. Okay. But. Well, you know, you first, you got to bone down, you got to study, you know, maybe, you yeah. be, maybe you could be a TikToker. You got to figure out what your, your approach is. Okay. So you were the dad. Don't you now that's a, there, there's a bit of acting there. That's a little bit weightier in the, in the tread, the boards way, right? Less so in the song and dance way. Yeah. I mean, he has two songs and like, he's got the gospel about Ed Sullivan oh, and then God, he's got that's a, right. that's a really good number. That's a great number. He's got that. And then he's got the song about the kids. So he's got enough. Well, you want to, you want to like, you know, you want to put on a little, little show for the listeners. I mean, I got yeah, you. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do, I'll do my big monologue that I like favorite thing about that character. Oh, I love great. This is great. This worked out great. So you're going to this in five days, this is going to be gone from your mind. So why not give us one last yeah. performance, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> I have tried to run this house on a democratic basis. The privilege of self-determination has been extended to both the woman I have married and the children I have sired. The vote has been denied to no one for reason of age, sex, or political affiliation. There has been no taxation without representation, and open covenants have been openly arrived at. Last night, I gave up my room to a guest who repeatedly referred to me as FATS. <laughs> Telephone calls were made to New York, Chicago, Hong Kong, and Fairbanks, Alaska. I slept in a camp cot with my feet in the ashtray and my head in the fireplace. <laughs> Outside my window, three harpies shrieked, We love you, Conrad, 4,723 times. And now, I've just lost two fried eggs. Gentlemen, the democracy is over, Parliament has been dissolved, the Magna Carta has been revoked, and Nero is back in town. And you don't offer an emperor a warm 7-up. Wow! Hey, come on now. Nice. That was a little flat. That was a little flat compared to how I do it on stage. No, I, was, I felt it. I felt it. I, I, it was electric, Frank. I'll clip it and I'll post it on Twitter and subtweet you. Okay, great. I'll retweet you. <laughs> oh, killer! I love it. High school theater. Yeah. What a joy. Now I would. Now I being, of course, a football guy. 
I, I sometimes felt like I was the ambassador between the jocks and the theater kids. Cause I was friends with a lot of them. You know, I would love to go see the shows. I didn't have time usually to do them. Sometimes they do a variety show and I'd like, you know, get up and play my guitar or something like that. But I love it, man. That's, that's some, that's some nostalgic mm-hmm. stuff for me. That's a great show. Great character, great performance. So, so happy to have caught you in this moment before, uh, before all that it was, leaves was my life forever. Yeah. No kidding. You think you're going to do it again next year? Definitely. I've done every possible show I could have done at that school. And Love I, that. that'll stop. Do you, any ideas, any guesses for what they might put on next year? Adam's family, mm. beauty and the beast. Mm. Maybe you'll be Gomez in beauty. Yeah, and the Beast. Uh, every, <laughs> I, I haven't, I'm not familiar with Adam's family, but everyone I've spoken to about it has told me that I'd play uncle Fester. Uncle so. Fester. Now that's a role. Now, at least in the in the big screen adaptation, uh, he puts a light bulb in his mouth and then it, it lights up. Now, is that something you can do or will you have to, you know, do some training to pull that off? I can finagle it. Well, now we've moved into who you're playing. This is a natural transition into our discussion topic tonight. Uh, yeah. So let do you have something in mind for me? You're going to transform I do. yourself Actually, into a fictional I have to character? Ask you, I have to ask you a question first. Okay, yeah, hit me. Um... Do I have to continue as this fictional character for the rest of my life or only during the piece of media we see the character Mm-mm. in? For the rest of that character's natural life, you are assaying that character in real life. Okay. Yeah, I'll take this chance. All right, hit me with it. What are you going to be? I'll take it. I'm going to be uh, Larry Doc Sportello from Thomas Pynchon slash Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. Wow. <laughs> okay. Kind of a kind of a sort of a grounded dude like figure in a way. He uh, likes the dude, but if the dude got into more shenanigans, and I think I need to get into shenanigans because I feel like being the dude, I I wouldn't want to do bowling for the rest of my life, but like being a private investigator seems fun. He's kind of Teflon too. Like you get the feeling that no matter how sticky the situation might get, he'll always slip out the other side. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get to smoke a lot of reefer, which I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, not he's to say definitely that. the he's definitely the most relaxed character in that story compared to his foil. So. Yeah, certainly that, certainly that. And I would mean, wouldn't want to be Bigfoot. Maybe in a in a in a uh, a dark, slightly could be read as homoerotic uh, 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 <laughs> foil relationship with a, a kind Those of banana a, seeds are really uncomfortable. A fat headed, a jar headed, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> the, your your opposite. You'll also have kind of yeah. like a, an arch nemesis. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You think you'll can? Will you continue on the road trying to solve mysteries, or are you going to kind of take a, you know, like a sharp left turn? I think I'd, I think I'd continue doing mysteries, That's mainly cool. because I don't think he actually does any actual mystery solving. He just kind of aimlessly goes and figures it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there's any actual like training needed. You can just kind of pick it up and go. Okay, but did you just, ever, for example, in the mystery gang? Is Shaggy ever like putting things together? You know, you ever see Shaggy with a, with a, uh, no, he wanders and it works. Like the, yeah. that, those are the best kind of people to be in the mystery scenarios. Thelma's, you get to have fun without doing the heavy lifting. Thelma's got the magnifying glass, you know, Fred's positing theories. You can just kind of hang back with your dog, you know, <laughs> appear to be slightly, <laughs> yeah, Terrell appear to be slightly intoxicated this was a classic frank call tonight frank i do appreciate you gracing us with your presence once again 
always tough. We'll see you soon. What a pleasure. What a pleasure from an up and coming young thespian filmmaker, multi-hyphenate Frank, uh, beloved member of the play it by your family. Um, okay. All right. Okay. All right. I only got one more block left for y'all. I feel like things have been in a very kind of, you know, not narrow, but not super accessible, uh, place so far. It's time to be real populist. It's time to just please a crowd. Okay. Lyrically hip hop music can take on many forms, uh, boastful, flirtatious, violent, political, uh, autobiographical, but one, one recurring theme is when an MC starts ordering you to get up, get on your feet and start dancing. Now this is a long standing tradition with many beloved standards. You, uh, teach me how to Dougie, right? Cha-cha slide, cha-cha real smooth, right? Now watch me whip. Now watch me nay-nay. Now, but what, what this pseudo-genre of music lacks is a name. So I am planning on positing one tonight, and I do welcome your feedback. Okay, we're talking about rap songs where the rapper is telling you to dance. Sometimes they're telling you how to dance. Sometimes they're just telling you to dance. Choreographers. That's right. Try it on. Choreographers. Choreograp music. I have four such songs for y'all tonight. Let's see if you find any of them persuasive enough to follow their commands to get on up. Uh, here on the Choreographers Block 1989, and I play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. Stick around. Bust it. Try to do what those ladies tell us Get shot down cause you're overzealous Play hard to get females get jealous Okay smarty, go to a party Girls are scantily clad and showing body A chick walks by, you wish she could sex her But you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter Next day's function, high class luncheon Food is served in your stone cold munching Music comes on, people start to dance But then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants A girl starts walking, guys start gawking Sits down next to you and starts talking Says she wanna dance cause she likes to groove So come on fat so and just bust the move Someone could cure your lonely condition Looking for love in all the wrong places No fine girls, just ugly faces From frustration, first inclination Is to become a monk and leave the situation But every dark tunnel has a light of hope So don't hang yourself with a celibate rope New movies showing, so you're going Could care less about the five you're blowing Theater gets dark just to start the show Then you spot a fine woman sitting in your row She's dressed in the yellow, she says hello Come sit next to me, you fine fellow You run over there without a second to lose And what comes next? Hey, bust So they 
can seem witty Tell a funny joke just to get some play Then you try to make a move and she says no way Girls are faking, goodness saking They want a man who brings home the bacon Got no money and you got no car Then you got no woman, and there you are Some girls are sadistic, materialistic Looking for a man makes them opportunistic They're lying on the beach, perpetrating a tan So that a brother with money can be their man So on the beach you're strolling, real high rolling Everything you have is yours and not stolen A girl runs up with something to prove So don't just stand there and bust the move The bride walks down just to start the wedding And there's one more girl you won't be getting So you start faking, then you start flicking A bride made looks and thinks that you're winking She thinks you're kinda cute, so she winks back And now you're feeling really firm, cause the girl is stacked Reception's jumping, bass is pumping Look at the girl and your heart starts stumping Says she wanna dance to a different groove Now you don't want to do, she bust the move
the rock to the house. 
ruin Cause I'm about to ruin The image and the style that you're used to I look funny But yo, I'm making money, see So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me Now gather round I'm the new fool in town And my sound's laid down by the underground I drink a ball of Hennessy you got on your shelf So just let me introduce myself My name is Humpty Pronounced with the Humpty Yo, ladies, oh, how I like to funk thee And all the rappers in the top ten Please allow me to bump thee I'm stepping tall, y'all And just like Humpty Dumpty You're gonna fall when the stereos pump me I like to rhyme I like my beats funky I'm spunky I like my oatmeal lumpy I'm sick with this Straight gangster Mac But sometimes I get ridiculous I'll eat up all your crackers and your licorice Oh, yo, fat girl Come here, are you ticklish? Yeah, I called you fat Look at me, I'm skinny It never stopped me from getting busy I'm a freak I like the girls with the boom I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom I'm crazy Allow me to amaze thee They say I'm ugly, but it just don't faze me I'm still getting in the girls' pants And I even got my own dance Nose will tickle your rear. My nose is big. Uh-uh, I'm not ashamed. Big like a pickle. I'm still getting paid. I get laid by the ladies. You know I'm in charge. Both how I'm living and my nose is large. I get stupid. I shoot an arrow like Cupid. I use a word that don't mean nothing. Like Luke did. I sang on do what you like. And if you missed it, I'm the one who said just grab them in the biscuits. Also told you that I like to bite. Well, yeah, I guess it's obvious. I also like to write. All you had to do was give Humpty a chance. And now I'm gonna do my dance. The Humpty Dance. Do the Humpty Hump. 
Choreog Rapper's Block. 1989, not playing by year. It's catching on. Choreog Rap. Choreog Rappers. It's becoming a thing. Uh, you just heard The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. Before that, Just Keep Rockin' by Double Trouble featuring Rebel MC and Shake Your Rump. By, by the Beastie Boys, and we began that block with Bust a Move by Young MC. 1989, around then, you can really hear the, the production quality of hip-hop music take a big leap. Uh, which of those was most successful? Which one was the closest to getting you up on your feet? I'm, that's a rhetorical question, obviously, because I cannot uh, hear you if you're currently talking to your computer or electronic device. Uh, we're almost out of time tonight, but before we go, wanted to throw over to the phones one last time. Reminder of our discussion question for tonight. What fictional character would you choose to be if you could choose to be any fictional character? I love It's just the longest sentence in the world. I love it. Caller, you're on with Dove Dixon. Who am I talking to? Uh, uh, hey, this is, uh, this is Amy. Amy, Amy, welcome to the program. How you doing tonight, Amy? Okay, yeah. Hey, well, first of all, I appreciate you not just hit me with the fine. It's like social decorums insist that we say fine when we are asked that question. I appreciate you being honest with me. And and this Sunday night can be a tough one too, because it's like the week's about to start over, and you're like, oh crap, I didn't I didn't soak up enough of the R and R. I'm I'm I have to dive right back into it. So I'm glad that you're that you're coming at me straight with where your head's at here tonight, Amy. Oh yeah, I just I feel like I never have a day off. And then it doesn't help. I already used only six days. You, oh, oh no! Back in April, yeah. By April? Oh no! Oh no, <laughs> Amy, you got a bad year ahead of you. You get well. You can still do the like. They can't make you come in if if you're stating that you're medically unsafe to do it. So you just got to pretend that you you know work on your big throaty fake cough. I think I think working. Uh, pretty much across the board is uh, bad for us. I don't know if you, if maybe that's a hot take, but like, even if you're even if you're doing something positive for the world, just having somewhere that you're forced to be and like being given responsibilities, I think it just it, it erodes the soul, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. Out of college, I, I had this job as like a, a counselor at a drug and alcohol treatment program, and even if I help someone, I still Right, yeah. You think I bet Mother Teresa was just like, I'm not gonna go bless any more homeless people tomorrow. I need a day to watch whatever she would watch. Maybe she watched the flying nun. I think you I think you and me are our kindred spirits though, Amy. I, I have you have you called in before? I feel like I've I've met you once. I can't quite remember. Oh no, no, this is my this is my first time. I just um uh, yeah, but I listen. I listen, though. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I always love uh, meeting new family members, new play-by-ear family members. Let me ask you something. Do you have anything for our, our topic tonight, fictional character? I, I do. Um, I, I really want to know um, if you've ever read an Animorphs book. Oh, come on. Animorphs? Yeah, I'm a 90s kid all the way. I really hate that I just self-identified as that. I do not allow the fact that I was a child of the 1990s to define me as a person. But yes, absolutely. I would go, uh, my mama would take me once a month to the Walden Books uh, at the Parkdale Mall in Beaumont, Texas. And we would get the new Animorphs book. It was my favorite series by far. A lot of kids were into Goosebumps, but I was like team Animorphs all the way. 
Me too. I, I love, love the animal work. My, my granny, my aunt Franny would take me to B. Dalton's like not Yeah. Not every month though. Uh, definitely <laughs> didn't grow up being able to go to a bookshop every, oh. <laughs> every single month. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'm sure. Maybe I'm letting my upper middle class roots show a little bit. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm exposing my, myself, uh, well, there. Yeah. And yeah, pre-internet and all that you know we oh just yeah all have that access. you would i remember yeah. i remember like you would just like sit down in the magazine aisle and read something because you didn't have the money to buy it man classic time so animorphs i'm assuming that's your answer must be a, a, a member of the team who would you be from uh from animorphs oh i'd 100 percent be rachel in, in a heartbeat Rachel, the oh yeah. really? Rachel, the it wasn't she the like the warmonger, the real hothead. Well, I I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of a bad take on Rachel, in my opinion. I mean, she's like she's badass and fearless and you know strong. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm not remember. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm not remember the right one. Was she the one who would turn into a bear and just kind of maul people? Yeah, yeah, that's who I'd be. <laughs> okay all right well then it is who I was well hey different strokes for different folks i mean you see yourself and rachel you're probably a strong woman i i'm, I'm trying to think now <laughs> which one i would be this is something i haven't really considered maybe i'm like a tobias the lo- the little loner kid who like permanently turned into a falcon and then like he felt like he never fit in again actually Jeff, it was a red tongue hawk and all oh, right, yeah. way wrong like you're not even close to being a Tobias. You're 100% a Marco. A Marco? Oh, Marco, the... Yeah, he was like the the goofy buddy, the comic relief buddy. Yeah, yeah, like the always look on the bright side, even when it doesn't make sense, and it's totally unhelpful. Uh, Marco honestly drove me up the wall as a kid. <laughs> I, optimism is like my biggest pet peeve. God, I, I swear I know your voice from somewhere, Amy. Are you positive you haven't called in once before? Uh, um, no, no. Okay, can you, can you say the words Agent Dixon for me? Yeah, I should probably just let you get back to your, uh, show there, Doug. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know why this is happening, um, but I know that it's you. Folks, this is Elliot Walsh. This is the director of the Archangel program. This is my my sworn enemy on this earth. I would know your voice anywhere, Elliot. And it, it did take me a minute, I will grant you, because for once in your damn life, you weren't being a completely vile monster like you literally always are. Maybe I am pretty terrible, but I think you're the most annoying, loudmouth idiot in the world. So, I mean, that means your work. Okay, that's not how that works at all. Because there's a higher. You're the bad guy, and I'm your enemy, which makes me the good guy by default. I wish you were actually Andalite from Animorphs, because then you'd be dead. Hey, come on! Spoilers for Animorphs. Give a spoiler alert for that. Also, what the hell is this? You're calling into my show. You're venting to me about your your stressful week you're t- you're chit-chatting about your favorite book are you sick in the head what the hell's wrong with you you freaking weirdo like, I, you know i just i just wanted to make sure you feel nice and cozy and safe in your little bunker because starting right now every single agent who goes through the archangel program will focus 100 percent scouring the globe for you and your little traitor friends and they will find you 
bring you to me. And I will personally relish watching the light slip out of your eyes. Okay, that is end call, end call. Okay, uh, new rule, official new rule for play it by ear. When you make threats against people's lives, you are banned from my show. That is the that is officially on the books now. How many times now, I've lost count how many times Elliot has, has come on this show to go like, I'm going to get you. Well, well, come get me already then. You know, there comes a time when you need to, you know what, or get off the pot is what I'm saying. I, okay. Obviously I don't mean that uh, exactly Richard. If you're listening, I know you've worked very hard to make this compound a safe and a secure place, uh, for for yourself and for the other people who live here. Uh, and I would not actually wish a, a, a security breach of that magnitude on you. Um, but still it, it just, it chaps my behind. <sighs> This is not how I wanted to... Okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, end of the show is here. Everything's fine. Uh, th- th- thank y'all for hanging out with me tonight. This is legitimately, that call aside, this is the most fun I have all week. And so whether you are listening to this live on Sunday night with me on Mixler.com or you are listening through the podcast feed on, you know, whatever, Apple Podcast or or. Spotify, wherever you go to listen. Um, I, I appreciate you spending time with me and I would love to encourage you to leave a review on Apple podcast. If, if that's something you're into or visit the website, P I B Y dot info, see all the music that I, that I played tonight. You can go through and, and see what I played or you can revisit your, your favorite segments from the episode. And don't forget to follow Richard's blog at richardtruth.com. Richard truth. Dot com. Uh, always something going on on Richard's blog. Be sure to join us next week. I'm doing 1970. 1970. Very strong year. A lot of stuff to show you. Tonight, I want to leave you, though, with not only a song from one of the big five, but a song that I feel stands to this day as, as a high watermark uh, in popular music itself. Uh, this single, I, I feel, went a long way towards establishing this artist as one of the big five. This is a, a decisive moment in, in their legacy. This was an, an enormous stylistic evolution for her sound, a major step in her career, as well as just a killer classic karaoke night uh, selection. You can bring the house down if you can pull this one off. And here's the best part. This song fades in with just just like a couple of seconds of somebody really shredding away on on a guitar and that clip is actually from an earlier still unreleased version of this song that was a little bit more like rock and roll a little bit more guitar forward and that solo that you hear that snippet of is played by none other than fellow big five member prince a big five crossover event uh, you know, blinking, you'll miss him, though. He, he's, he's, it's a, definitely a cameo appearance, but he is there. So, all right, until next until next week, I'm going to leave you with Like a Prayer by Madonna. Thanks, Prince. Go Bruins! Life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone.
This has been a production of The Lighthouse Keepers Company. Culture illuminated. <laughs>